see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Welcome back to the Fuck This Shit Podcast. It's your boy Dre back again. Happy Black History Month, my niggas. And y'all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? February ain't, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, the others, you know what I'm saying? Colonizers, oppressors, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, I can't fuck with y'all this month. I can't be seen uh, trying to acquiesce to the feelings of the white devil during February. I'm just playing, man. I love y'all too, man. Shout out to y'all. You know what I'm saying? White devils. <laughs> um, as always, you know, we start the podcast the same way, man. Shout out to everybody who took the time out to listen to this motherfucker. I appreciate y'all as always. Um, Some news for those of y'all who pay a little bit of bread towards this motherfucker. There's been some of y'all who've been holding us down, bro. Y'all been subscribing, paying five extra dollars for what? You may be asking. I'm getting the same shit as the rest of these motherfuckers. I'm just giving you five dollars to give you five dollars. You're right. I apologize. We got a new system in place now where all you motherfuckers who give money in one way or another are going to get compensated for that with content. You feel what I'm saying? Because I think that's the relationship that we were supposed to have here. So if you subscribe on the Spotify, you will get the episodes a day earlier than everybody else does. You'll get the full episode a day earlier than everyone else. And I'll attach the video link to the Spotify. So if you want to watch the video on Spotify, you can. If you subscribe on the fan base, you will get the full video episode 24 hours in advance. It's $5 either way. You know what I'm saying? Like, one is this a different platform. You're going to get the video either way. You're going to get the full episode either way. They both $5. Whichever one you prefer to be on, don't matter none to me. That's what you get. You get the full video and you get the episode earlier than everybody else. Also, if I do anything uh, additional, any extra episodes, y- y'all will get those, and you may be the only ones to get those. Like bonus content, things like that that I do sporadically, that'll all be towards the people who uh, subscribe in one way or another. So that link is in your show description um, to do all of that shit, to subscribe or to do whatever. So, you know, click that and decide what you want to do, and you know what I'm saying, all of that. Uh, anyway. I ain't been up to much, y'all. I've been working, uh, still working on my search for my teaching shit or whatever. Um, I went back home to Oklahoma, went and picked up Blaze and uh, took a little time off. I was off that day afterwards, so I actually got to do something. And I uh, I watched that new movie. I watched You People. And I want to, okay, listen, I really do want to know y'all's opinion on this. If you watch the movie. Don't give me your opinion if you didn't watch the movie. I don't care what the fuck you think about something you didn't watch. Am I bugging because the movie was funny to me? I felt like the movie did what it was supposed to do. Okay, so let me give you my my thought process on this beforehand. First of all, if a movie is marketed to me as a comedy, the great comedy movies also have great plot lines. I'm not saying it like, comedies never have any plot that goes through it or a story that really catches you that's not true the greats do 
right? But by and large, comedy isn't carried by the plot in the same way that drama or even horror, all these other movies. The plot matters, but as long as it's funny, it's funny. It, it does its job, right? One of my favorite comedy movies is Mac and Devin Go to High School. Bruh, the the uh, the original print, the plot of the movie is terrible. The the plot of the movie is this nigga Wiz is like a science nerd who meets Snoop Dogg, who's like this super senior who's 30 years old in high school, even though he's 50 in real life. So I mean it's already still whatever. And then they meet and bond over their shared love of weed, and then he takes him, buys him some pussy, and then they like find love and create a science experiment using weed. Like, it's it's dumb. It's hilarious. I laugh every time. They have mystical involved in this. Mystical is the, he's like a joint that like narrates the movie, but he's like a cartoon joint. Hilarious, hilarious. So maybe I just have a low standard of comedy, right? But you people was marketed to me as comedy. And I laughed lots of times throughout the movie. There were scenes in the movie where I was dying laughing. Bruh, there's a scene where Eddie Murphy takes Jonah Hill's character to the barbershop. But he, like, takes him to a crit barbershop where he got this red hoodie on. And as soon as, like, that in and of itself, hilarious to me. You bring a white nigga to a red, they all, you know what I'm saying? It's obvious what's going to happen. It's not. But comedies like that sometimes. You ever watch sitcoms or something like that? It's not necessarily that you have no idea where they're going with this. You know what I'm I don't think that's required of a comedy. I just feel like people really wanted to hate that movie because people really hate that biracial shit. But I'm not going to lie. As a nigga who got two black parents, I don't have no white people in my family who weren't married in that I've ever met. I do think it's kind of dismissive to pretend like there is nothing there as far as the idea of being biracial in America, a place where race determines a lot of what happens with you socially, right? There's a unique experience there. I don't think that's crazy to say. And as much as black people, we have seen an absence of ourselves reflected in media. It's not like that experience has just been examined to 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 hell over and over and over again for our entire lives like i mean if i can be honest i think blackish is kind of the first time i've ever really seen the fact that someone was mixed just be a real part of the show like bo being mixed and granted they are both kenya bears and it's like oh well kenya bears got this infatuation with with the biracial experience whatever whatever i'm like maybe he just identified an area he felt like hadn't been traversed a lot and he's thinking how can i project a different experience of blackness because like that quote-unquote biracial experience is an element of blackness and I just, I don't know. I just think that it's weird that it's, to, to me, from what I've seen, it's its black people who just hate that so much as though that's not blackness. But it is. It is like that is a part of it too. So I don't know. Maybe because I grew up, I mean, when I think about growing up, it, it's in the same way that you got friends or, or maybe you don't. But for me, 
I may have had friends who grew up with like really wild, abusive parents. You know what I'm saying? Like they had, they went home to home environments that weren't just not stable. They were mentally and physically abusive, right? The way they grew up, the way they process things, the way that they see the world around them, the way that they learn to move, the coping mechanisms they develop are different than what I developed because I went home to a motherfucker who gave a fuck about me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got white friends who just grew up white and they experience is completely different because they white. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the experience of blah, 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 whatever, whatever. So I, I, I just guess that I just never had the initial hatred of, oh, this nigga over here about to be talking about this mix shit. I was already, I'm like, I'm on board to watch stories about that. It doesn't, and it doesn't reflect me. It doesn't reflect my existence. It doesn't reflect, reflect my experience, but I do think that it's interesting to see those things. And anyway, back to the movie. It's just, it wasn't a drama. If it was, if it was a drama, I would have been like, that motherfucking movie was corny as fuck. Like it was corny and preachy and all this other stuff, but it was like a comedy so it's like, we're going to get these jokes off and then in between that we're going to like have these moments come through to like carry this, the story into the next scene. You know, this, this happens next and that happens next. Is it for me a top 10 movie? No. Would I watch it again? Yeah, if somebody else wanted to watch it. If Brie, if Brie came in here and was like, hey, I haven't seen that you people, you want to watch it during dinner? I've already seen it, but I'd be like, yeah, we could watch it. And I would still laugh during the scenes that were funny to me. It's Eddie Murphy, bro. You can't convince me that some of this isn't hating because niggas haven't seen Eddie Murphy in a movie in, I can't remember the last Eddie Murphy movie. It's been ages since we've seen Eddie Murphy in a movie. Lauren London, we love Lauren London. Niggas love Lauren London before the shit with Nip. Then after Nip, she's really like hip hop mistress. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas love Lauren London. Niggas love Jordan Hill. Niggas ain't never had no beef with that big white boy, bro. He funny as fuck. So I'm trying to figure out between A and B, why all of a sudden are all these people, people who we not rooting for no more. I guess maybe that's the reason why the whole, the fact that there was even anything around this movie was crazy to me because I'm just thinking, why? Why are we not able to just watch this and laugh and enjoy seeing I, I guess maybe is that an era thing is I I don't know but for me one of the things about film is kind of like movie stars are like musicians you can't you can run a song anytime you want to or even tv shows like you see a tv show and there's 20 episodes in a season there's a season every year you get to see them all the time they might do a cast appearance on this show or da, 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 whatever movie stars aren't like that even for your top tier A listers, you might see them in two movies a year. Maybe. And then they get to a point where they like you think about Denzel now, or you think about Will Smith now, even before the slap. You think about Brad Pitt. You think about fucking George Clooney. You think about in in any and you think about fucking the white ladies, you know what I'm saying? Scarlett Johansson or Julia Roberts or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Is that even a, is that is Julia Roberts like an old white bitch on TV? Or is she a, who, who am I thinking about? Who's the one with the big mouth? Hillary Swank? 
Yeah, Uma Thurman, all of these, you see them once a year at the most. Sometimes you don't see them for four or five years. So there's like this excitement you get just about seeing movie stars that you like. Even if the movie sucks, you're kind of like, well, I mean, fuck, we got to see you dot, dot, dot. So I guess that's why, I don't know, the, the, the preliminary hate about you people was crazy to me. I was excited to see all of those people in a movie together. Ultimately, I thought it was a funny movie. Um, it, would I like nominate it for an award? No, but I would. It's, a, it's, it's funny. And I don't know. Y'all let me know. Um, I feel like I know. I, I, it's not that I don't want to know what white people think, even though it is February. So it's kind of like, why are you thinking this month? Right. I'm just playing. Um, but no, really, I, I've, I haven't seen. OK, I am curious to see what white people think, because I have not seen any white people say anything negative about this movie. I feel like white people are afraid to say anything bad about this movie because they're like it's made by black people with almost an entirely black cast about a pretty black experience. Like the, the story is centered very heavily in blackness. And I feel like right now, white people just know they're like, mm, I'm not going to say I didn't like it, whether I didn't like it or not. I'm just going to let them have this word. I could be wrong there. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious. Maybe that'll be the poll. Did you see you people? Did you like you people? You know what I'm saying? You know, whatevs. Um, but, of course, it would not be Black History Month in America if we didn't get to talk about a black man getting murdered. Yay, right? Um, so the tone of the podcast is going to shift just a little bit, obviously. Um if you have a TV, you have been made aware of the Tyree Nichols um, murder. I, I don't want to call it an incident. It's fucking murder. Um, just to start, jump this whole thing off. And I, I've talked about this a few times before on the podcast. Um, so, you know, some, some people already know this. Some of y'all know whatever. Um, when I started the Fuck the Shit podcast, Summer 2020, George Floyd, all this other shit going on, right? One of the primary reasons why I started it was because in what I would consider ignorance, my belief was I want to bring more attention to this issue so that that could be a catalyst for change in some way, right? I want people to understand the humanity of the people who are involved in these situations the fact that these are not isolated incidents that these are indicative of a culture that is essentially based in the mistreatment of murder of mass incarceration of uh black people brown people uh impoverished communities just you know anyone who can be victimized without any real repercussions the police state's going to prey on right i'm i'm thinking this is why I'm going to start this podcast. This is what I'm going to kind of specialize in. And maybe I'll, I'll touch on some of the issues that are around that. I'll touch on some of the systemic things that contribute to that or some of the other things that kind of prey on these groups, right? And I'm like, that's what this podcast is going to be about. That's why it's called Fuck This Shit, because it's like, fuck all that shit, right? It's like, that's the feeling that all that shit gave me. That's, that's really all that made me feel was like, fuck this shit, right? So I'm like, that's the name of the podcast. That's what I'm going to do. I very quickly began to feel a mental toll 
on having to cover issues like that consistently and in depth, watch the videos, uh, look at the responses, all that other shit. It is, um, I don't even know the word for it. It's almost, it's it's like just subjecting yourself over and over and over again to something that you know is going to cause you harm in some kind of way, like mental anguish that you go through just watching that shit, going through the stories. And to be honest, one of the things that was most difficult for me was you look into something in depth and what you're hoping to find is this is going to be less fucked up than I thought it was. There's going to be somewhere in here where not necessarily I'm going to understand the point of view of a motherfucker who just murdered a black man for no reason, but maybe like all of this wasn't just a result of negligence, not giving a fuck, whatever, whatever. So for example, the Breonna Taylor situation, right? I'm looking into that more and more and more and more. And it's just like corrupt cops led by a corrupt unit, led by a corrupt department, headed by a corrupt attorney general who refuses to really press charges on said corrupt officers who then have a history of sexual misconduct with people who uh, they've had encounters with on the streets, Uh, theft in different drugs, things that they've had on the streets, like, uh, all kinds of patterns of disciplinary actions against these officers who end up basically getting com- promoted into a specialized unit with less oversight where that snowballs into them eventually spraying aimlessly into Breonna Taylor's apartment, murdering her and nearly facing no consequences until the federal government got involved, right? That process of going through those steps over and over again and seeing that it wasn't just a few bad apples. Like they wanted to be a few bad apples. But when you really look into it, it's not. And it feels so hopeless. There's no justice for the families. You can't, there's no justice for the victim. There's no justice for a dead nigga. You're saying you murder me for something I didn't do or for, for no reason or for something that doesn't constitute death. There is no justice for me or my family. I'm dead. So I say all that to say, I really unplug from that shit. And if you listen to the podcast regularly, niggas get shot every day and I do not say shit about it. By and large, the police kill a motherfucker and I don't bring it to this place. I just don't because it requires that level of research for me that I don't want to go into. I don't be doing the research. Even when I try to, it's like I find it difficult to engage in it. So I feel as though I'm not actually as informed as I should be to be talking about it. Which y'all know I don't like to do. Um, and then I just don't want to do it. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to read the video. I watch the video. I don't want to read the stories, whatever. So the Tyree Nichols shit pops off. And here we are talking about it. And full disclosure. I still haven't watched the video. I don't believe if you if you don't have an issue, if you don't need confirmation that there's no limit to what the police will do to somebody when they feel like they're going to get away with it, then you don't really need to watch any of the videos, in my opinion, because 
you could just read the description. They could just tell you. You just believe it. There's no reason to not believe it. That's that's just for me. I don't have any issue with the people who do who do watch the videos, and I don't think that they. I think that they need to be posted. I think they need to be online, and all of that shit. I think they need to be available. I think even because it's wild to me now that even in a world where as a cop, you know, when you do some wild shit like that, it's going to be all over the internet. They still do it. So imagine how it would be if there was still that level of privacy. So I'm not saying that I don't advocate for the videos being available or people watching them. I'm just saying on a personal level, I can't do it mentally. I can't watch it or I, I just can't handle it. So I haven't watched those videos. I haven't watched the video of Tyree Nichols. I've seen, Several things kind of describe the incident a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I've prefaced this enough with, you know, how I feel about stuff like this, you know, so we can talk about it. It's kind of hard to find articles about stuff like this a few days in advance or, or a few days afterwards, because it's kind of like, you know, everyone's trying to take a different side of it and whatever. But anyway, uh, a brutal beat. See, like, even this, like, it's like such a fucking, uh, I, I'm telling y'all, I hate reading these stories, bro. The, the headline is a brutal beating cries for his mom, 23 minute delay in aid. Here are key revelations from the Tyree Nichols police videos. The newly released videos of Tyree Nichols police beating captured the brutality that his family and authorities had already foreshadowed. He was punched and kicked while being restrained. He pleaded to go home and repeatedly yelled for his mom. After the beating, while Nichols lay slumped and motionless against the car, officers walking around on scene ignored the 29-year-old 29-year-old black man. The videos consist of three shorter body camera clips and one roughly 31-minute video taken from a utility pole camera, which appears to capture most of the violence that unfolded just steps away, just steps from Nichols' home in Memphis. The video shows portions of both the initial traffic stop on the night of January 7th and the second altercation just minutes later. After Nichols fled the location, the first location on foot, Nichols required hospitalization at the encounter and died on January 10th, three days later. Um, what you're seeing is a fairly significant number of officers who are failing at arrest and control tactics and making up for it with brutality, said CNN chief law enforcement intelligence analyst John Miller. See, that's wild, right? Even the motherfuckers who are supposed to be on the side of, yeah, this was fucked up, but I just represent law enforcement, right? And this is one of my beasts with law enforcement. That's not what we saw. We did not see a group, well, y'all did not see, because I didn't watch it, but what uh, what was out there, that video was not of five officers who didn't understand the correct tactics to employ, so instead they resulted to brutality. They fucked that nigga up. They pulled him out the car and they fucked that nigga up because they wanted to. You'll never can like, that's why. That's what happened. They wanted to. And then he ran. And as I've said on this podcast before, the police have anyone who's ever done any level of crime knows if you make the police chase you, they gonna whoop your ass for it. That's almost like that might as well be fucking policy. If they have to chase you, if you make the motherfuckers run, they whooping your ass. And they was already whooping his ass. And it seemed like that was their intent. And it's rumors surrounding the whole situation. And we'll get to some of that in a little bit because I I still haven't seen any of those substantiated. But I haven't seen them completely discounted as false either. 
So I'm curious as to how those are going to play out. But um, anyway, um, law enforcement analysts who viewed the clips were troubled by the range of actions and inactions during the encounter from beating by a group of officers to the length of time it took for someone to render aid to, to a motionless Nichols. The videos leave many questions unanswered, including the reason for the stop, which officers do not explain in the clips. Memphis police initially said Nichols was pulled over for suspected reckless driving with police chief Police Chief uh, Carolyn C.J. Davis. I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. Uh, it's C-E-R-E-L-Y-N. So if you didn't know she was black already, you definitely know now because that's a nigga way to spell Carolyn. Anyway, um, she told uh, authorities on Friday that they have not been able to substantiate the reckless driving claim, which obviously like they looked at the video cameras before and it's like he wasn't reckless driving because, of course, he wasn't right. Did we did we think he was? Um, But the videos do shed light on just how violent and fatal the confrontation was, of course. Um, the key revelations, officers repeatedly threatened Nichols with violence. Videos from the encounters capture multiple, multiple officers threatening Nichols with violence while he appears to comply with their commands or is already on the ground. Something that we have seen over and over. And if you've dealt with the police, they do this. In my opinion, you will never convince me that they don't do this on purpose. When a group of police are yelling at you, they they do that shit where as soon as they get in contact with you, they ratchet up the intensity of the situation. And they all start yelling commands at you. And all those commands do not always mean the same thing. And in my opinion, it's just a way that they can like basically put you in a position where they could fuck you up. It's just a way for them to be violent. And that's another reason why that initial statement where it's like, oh, this was a failure of procedures that resulted in them uh, uh, um, fucking uh uh, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. It don't even fucking matter. Uh, it, it resulted in resorting to violence. That's what it was res- resorting to brutality. No, it's not. They put him in a position where they could brutalize him, where they can make a justification for brutalizing him. I and mean, they were so anxious to do it. They didn't even, they didn't even do the setup right. You feel what I'm saying? They didn't even do what police normally do to make it ease, ease on in a little bit better. They didn't even do that part right. Uh, a body camera uh, video that captures the initial encounter between Nichols and police shows the officer getting out of his car with his gun drawn, captures a, another officer yelling for Nichols to get the fuck out of the car. This is for a reckless driving stop, by the way. The nigga who is just reckless driving, we doing all of this. Um, Nichols is heard saying, I didn't do anything. Later, he gets on the ground. All right, I'm on the ground. Another officer yells, bitch, put your hands before your back before I, I'm going to knock the fuck out. I'm going to knock your ass the fuck out. Nichols says, I'm just trying to go home. This is why I didn't watch the video. Like, I can't even. While officers yell commands, Nichols repeatedly responds that he is on the ground. And he's heard saying he didn't do anything before running away as an officer deploys his taser because this nigga is getting his ass whooped for nothing. Like a nigga driving home from work, get pulled over, get ran up on, guns drawn, getting caught all kinds of bitches and shit off the jump, pulled out the car. They throwing you on the ground, telling you to get on the ground. You on the ground saying you on the ground. You in the point now where like, well, by the time my nigga runs, he knows that they trying to kill him. You'll never convince me that it's not anything other than that. Because people think that, and when I say people, I mean white people. 
white people and the people who are just so insistent on propping up white supremacy because we don't get to the whole fact that these is all niggas involved. Like I know that all the people is black. We getting there, believe me. But it'd be the, the, the need to prop up white supremacy, the ideals that are necessary to keep that going. Those are the people who want to believe like there's no way that you could be in an encounter with police and be afraid. Because the police are there. Like, if you just do what you're supposed to do, nothing's going to happen. But that's obviously not true. So my nigga is literally fearing for his life, takes off running. Right? They tase him, catch him again. During the second encounter where the beating occurs, the body camera captures a young officer yelling at Nichols. I'm going to baton the fuck out of you while Nichols is on the ground, not fighting back. The officer is also heard asking, do you want to be sprayed again while Nichols is on the ground yelling for his mom? Because I guess, like, Mom is like code word for more pepper spray. Some I, I was listening to a podcast that were saying that the officers were so ratcheted up that they're trying to pepper spray him, pepper spraying themselves and just shooting all in the fucking air because they don't even they not even using the fucking pepper spray right. Officers struck him nine times in under four minutes. The video was taken from a remotely controlled camera and it's in the neighborhoods. You excuse me. The video taken from a remotely controlled camera on a neighborhood utility pole shows Memphis officers continuously hitting Nichols at least nine times without visible visible provocation. The pole cam video is the one that really justifies the charges that former Philadelphia Police Commissioner Charles Ramsey. Nobody trains for that. These guys are just acting so far outside of the bounds that you can't really explain it. One officer kicked him so hard um, and so much that he's limping around. Due to... In the poll video, an officer is seen shoving Nichols on the pavement in what appears to be his leg or knee. Nichols is then pulled up by his shoulders and kicked in the face twice. Later, he's hitting the back with what appears to be a nightstick. Seconds later, he's hit again. Once he's pulled to his feet, officers are seen hitting Nichols in the face multiple times while other officers are restraining his hands behind his body. Nichols is seen falling to his knees, and less than a minute later, officers appears to kick him. No one rendered aid in the critical minutes. After the beating, when officers let go of Nichols, he rolls on his back, dragged along the pavement, propped up, sitting position against the side of the car, where he remains largely ignored by officers on the scene. According to one of the body camera videos released, while Nichols is slumped over next to the car, unattended officers appear to say at least two officers pepper sprayed him and another tased him. No one is doing anything to help him. It goes back to the failure to act, failure to care, overall obliviousness of the officers that are just standing around. That's the thing, though. The failure to act is intentional because the brutality was intentional. We trying to kill this nigga. We trying to beat this nigga within an inch of his life. I don't believe that they meant to kill him, but they wanted to take him right there. They wanted him to be just alive. And it all and it was just a slight miscalculation. And when I tell y'all that this changes everything, if he does not die, this whole thing is not, it's not as big a deal. It's not as big a deal because this. To be honest with you, is more common than what you saw happen with George Floyd. A group of officers beating the fuck out of a nigga on some on some Tuesday shit. That's not that uncommon. Anyway, I know niggas who have had their ass beat by the police. Like several niggas who have had the police whoop their ass, not harm them in the act of restraining them. Like be frustrated with how long it took to get them and beat their ass as a result of it. Did they do it quite this bad? No, but it's still within the culture. And when that's within your culture, this is bound to happen. Anyway. Um, paramedics show up to the scene 10 minutes after the, into the video. Roughly 23 minutes passed from the time Nichols appeared to be subdued after the beating before a stretcher arrives on the scene. It's horrific to watch. 
uh, Chief CNN medical correspondent Sanjay Gupta. It's all sorts of different injuries. He, injuries he may have suffered. So many injuries to the head. You saw the kicks to the head. You saw those blows to the head, punches to the head. That's obviously very concerning. What could happen in situations like that? Gupta added is that brain could the brain could begin to swell and there could be internal bleeding. That's why this timing is so critical because if the brain is swelling, he still seemed like he was talking at some point, but he was obviously getting worse. The brain starts to swell when you're not getting oxygen, got getting enough oxygenated blood to the brain anymore. That's when you can cause big problems and what can lead to death. No, I mean, so basically, it's just like we just fuck this nigga up and let him die from brain trauma. It's whatever. He shouldn't have been not reckless driving. Um, no other officers intervened. Um, there were, uh, they ended up a lot of, a lot of issues were, a lot of people were saying that, um, they were mad that only the officers got charged and the officers got charged with second degree murder and, and like several other things. They all got rung up on their charges and I'm not even going to look them up to find them because it doesn't fucking matter. Um, the EMTs and two people on the fire department, they got relieved of their duties after the outrage because they did initially because this, it, 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 again, there's always clues into whether or not it's a systemic thing or whether or not it's an isolated incident. There's always clues in. So here's the clue on this one, right? They weren't going to fire anyone but the niggas who threw punches. There's another officer who they say was on the scene who just got relieved of his duties. All the EMTs, all the people who failed to render aid, none of those people were suspended. They just all that happened after the outrage because in their mind they were like, I mean, what were they supposed to do? The police had already fucked them up. Like this is this is a, this is a whole thing because in truth, I'm sure there's actually a level of intimidation that's associated with this when you really think about it because if the police just fucked the nigga up. And then you supposed to be coming on something like, oh my gosh, let's save his life. Are you really acting on behalf of what they feel is like the the goal, right? Um, I had said earlier about like the rumors or whatever. Apparently it's a rumor basically going around that all of this is really a result of one of the officers, like basically they're saying that this nigga Tyree Nichols was fucking one of these niggas' baby mama, basically. Um, his girl or his baby mama, and he found out, and that's what all this is really about. That this was premeditated in every way and whatever. I'm not saying that that's true or false because it hasn't been substantiated one way or another. That does definitely make it worse, not better. I mean, that makes it way fucking worse to me. Um, there's the obvious thing about uh, the, so like I said, we bring this up. They're all black. All five officers are black. I mean, everyone involved in this is black. The police chief is black. All five officers are black. Tyree Nichols is black. This is This is all as they love to coin it, this is that good old black on black crime, right? I'm not entertaining that bullshit in one in one in any any breath. We watch white officers murder black men all the time. This is not indicative of, and and this is the other thing. Saying that something is a 
function like works as a function of white supremacy or something like that doesn't necessarily mean that all the agents who like propagate that will be white. So you don't have to be a white officer for policing to be inherently racist and white supremacist, right? For policing to be inherently discriminatory in nature, right? Because the question you have to ask yourself then is, would those five black officers have done that to a white man? And the answer is no. The answer is just no. Like it's not even a, well, probably not. Well, maybe they would. It's just no. The answer is no, they wouldn't. Because they know that the structures that are in place to penalize them will do so more heavily because he's white in the same way, in my opinion, that they are doing so because they're black. Now, granted, I don't know how to feel on this one because it's like black police chief, black woman who's running the police department fires them immediately, right? I don't know if that's a result of her being more willing to, I, I don't know what her history is on this. So I don't know if if they were white, I don't know if she would have fired them, right? So I don't really want to put it on her that she only did that because they were black. I will say it's mighty coincidental that the first time we get a, a major incident like this that's sparking like national dialogue, that's all involving black officers, I will say it is mighty coincidental that those are the niggas who get fired though. <clears throat> Just to be clear, I think that shit is uh, more, than a, more than a coincidence, if I can be honest. Um, I don't know, man. You see now they're renewing calls for the uh, Justice and Policing Act and the George Floyd Act and all this other stuff. And I, I did, I left this out at the beginning when I was kind of talking about where the podcast started and all this stuff. What I did come to believe, the more I would look into these stories and things like this, is that the more effective route is through policy to a degree. Um. There is nothing in place to stop an officer who wants to do this from doing it, really. There's no, there's no systems in place that say this is not tolerated and under no circumstances will it be allowed, right? It's more centered around protecting the officer than it is to holding them accountable. And they know that. And in the same way that I don't think gun legislation solves gun violence, and I don't think that, uh, you know, drug laws solve drug abuse. Um, it is wildly telling the narrative that gets pushed around police killings is still so pro-police from a big swath of the voting populace, right? So it causes this, hesitation and this inability to really get anything done on a legislative level that would impact this or that has any potential to impact this this area and knowing that basically means that you got free reign knowing that nothing's ever going to change knowing that right now if you a cop you know that what happens to cops right now who kill black people is the worst they could get which is basically a 60 40 60 percent get off when they clearly did it i'm, I'm not saying 60 40 of all cases i'm saying 60 40 of major nationally televised like incidents where police murder unarmed black people, they usually get off. 
there's no civil recourse. There's no criminal recourse in 60% of the cases. Just like from just from, from the eye test, right? Just from like what I'm seeing. And I'm, I'm really being generous. It's probably 70, but whatever. I have come to believe that that is the more viable option. And even with that being said, it's still frustrating to watch all of this stuff come back up now that another motherfucker got murdered by police. Because to me, it's just, why is it only like, it's, it's not, not happening because we're not seeing it. It's not any more important now than it was yesterday. And it's just, I just wish that a level of focus could be maintained in that in a way where it could really gain some steam and get done because bro, I am a black man out here and I ain't trying to have a motherfucker just aside to him and his homies about to fucking molly me because I was out tonight. I don't know. Of course you get the, the people who are, who are making this a, a, a black thing in the sense of like, you know, LeBron tweets out, we are our own worst enemy. There's a lot of other celebrities who tweeted out mm-hmm. stuff like this. And then, of course, we got Jason Whitlock, bro. And I had already uh, intended on on playing this. Um, huh. I did not see that Stephen A. Smith went on Fox and Friends about this. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm looking for this. Or I'm not looking for I already found the video that I was going to show y'all. But, um... That's crazy. Oh my God. He is so ass. He's like released all kinds of new content. You know what though? That's how you know he's a fucking lame. Because his comments on Tarko Carlson went viral as fuck. And he released his own video talking about this shit with his old pork and bean face looking ass, bitch ass nigga. 15,000 fucking views. Nigga, you a fucking lame nigga. Don't nobody give a fuck about you. But hold on, man. I'm about, I'm gonna. This is fucking crazy. And he's like, he's such a troll, y'all. He's such a fucking troll that he reposted the shit. Like, it's like, yep, I connected the Tyree Nichols trauma to baby mama culture, y'all. I'm telling y'all, I'm the reason why I haven't played this for you yet is because I refuse to give the motherfucker a click. Like, I would i will just you know what no i got you we're gonna play this shit on twitter i'm not giving this i swear to god y'all i will not give this bitch ass nigga the view because he's such a pussy ass bitch ass pussy and all you gonna have to do is type in jason whitlock on twitter it's the only thing gonna pop up because who the fuck is chasing checking for bitch ass jason whitlock nigga nobody not even this goddamn mammy dust nigga all right Hold on real quick. Let me see. That's 59 seconds. I want to find one that's a little bit longer and I don't want nobody talking over it. Yeah, this is the one I want. Street level was either 20- you know, probably could have heard that. All right, hold on. I'm going to play it for y'all right now. Everybody involved in this on the street level was either 24 to 32 years old. Everybody. It was a group of young black men, five on one. Looked like gang violence to me. It, it looked like what young black men do when they're supervised by a single black woman. And that's what they got going on in the Memphis Police Department. They've elected some 
uh, or put some black woman in charge of the police force. And we're getting the same kind of chaos and disunity and violence that we see in a lot of these cities that are run by single mothers. If we want to discuss the breakdown of family that leads to disrespect for authority that causes you to resist the police and run from the police and not comply with the police because you resist authority at all times because there was no male authority in your home. Let's have that discussion. But that's not where they want to take us. They want to take us down the path of saying, you know what, this is Tucker Carlson's fault. This is some random white, this is Donald Trump's fault. It's not. It's the breakdown of family and the buying in to all these left-wing things that have nothing to do with promoting family. Fuck that big juju ass nigga, first of all. But secondly, it's just wild how a motherfucker can be talking so far out their asshole that they not even making no motherfucking sense. So let, let's not even dissect the baby mama culture bullshit. Let's just go to the direct thing that this is about black men not, not being willing to listen to authority. What they got to do with this? My nigga was driving home, got pulled out of his car and fucked up by some niggas who he don't know. Maybe he knew one of them. Who knows? But regardless, what this got to do with authority? What this got to do with black men not being willing to listen to police officers because we ain't got daddies? What that got to do with that? Secondly, the 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 it's wild because they take something. This is what they do. They take something that has some some truth in it to a degree. And then they extrapolate it onto something that it doesn't apply to. So does the fact that a high number of young black men grow up in homes without fathers or, or in single parent households, do I believe that that contributes to a lot of the ills that we that we have socially? Definitely. I actually think that to try and make the counter argument to prove that what they're trying to prove is stupid is stupid in and of itself. And I think that liberals do that a lot where it's like Republicans are like crime is so bad on these streets. We need to fund more police and liberals are like, ain't no crime out here, but it's like, it's crime out here. Y'all it's just their approach to solving crime is ineffective. Like the border. It's like, ain't no niggas coming over the border. It's like, no, they coming over the border in record numbers. It's just the way they want to stop it isn't effective. Right. And I think this is the same thing. Yeah. Young black men growing up disproportionately in homes without fathers does impact us socially. Like, I think that that would be crazy not to say now to say that that's because of food stamps, though, that they're putting so many food stamps in the house that black moms don't need black dads. So they leave it. I would actually I don't know. Maybe it's mass incarceration. Maybe all the black daddies in jail or dead at the hands of the police who keep murdering them, because that's actually what we're talking about right now. Like right now. You're literally talking about a black man who has a child who just got murdered by police saying food stamps is the reason why his daughter don't have no daddy. Ain't that fucking crazy. It's almost like you don't make no motherfucking sense because you're talking out your fat asshole. And it's just, I hate that nigga Jason Whitlock. He got the standard, right? I'm telling you, bro, I can look at a black man and tell whether he a Republican or not. I just look at the hairline, nigga. The black bald niggas, they always got the dusty bald. They shit ain't never smooth like my shit. You know they head not soft. They probably feel all ashy and dusty. They probably got dandruff on a bald head, old bitch-ass niggas. And then the ones who do got hair got the sports clips uh, motherfucking lineup, nigga, looking like they pull. Like, it, it don't even make no sense, bro. 
All them niggas got fucked up hairlines. All them niggas stupid ass, bitch ass, punk ass, fuck ass niggas, bro. And that's all I got to say about that shit, bro. This shit is sad as fuck, bro. This shit is it's crazy that it keeps happening. And I think all things are necessary. I was very happy to see how many protests happen without them turning violent. Not because I have some issue with them burning down targets, because fuck a target. Um, but because I would rather see our protests and stuff be a way for us to like feel unified over something with one another and then galvanize to like further act on that in another way. Not necessarily saying that that's always just through like voting and policy or whatever, but I mean, even if it is feeling like your community lacks the resources that give, you know what I'm saying, our kids a, a good leg up. If it's like, you know, we're going to go on these protests and then we're going to take all these numbers of people who have in these protests and, and assume that these are people who are willing to engage in this community in a way and use those numbers for something like that. that's what I would like to see our protests start, turn more into just so that we can make them a vehicle of something that we like can mobilize and, 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 uh, kind of build power with. Oh, I told, this is the last thing I'm going to do. I'm going to read on this too, though, because, uh, the homie Chris sent me a message on IG about police. And I told him, I told him, I was like, I'm definitely going to read this on the podcast and I don't lie. Um, he said, call in the National Guard and arrest the entire police force of Memphis. And no, I will not elaborate. He then goes on to elaborate. <laughs> police don't defend justice or people. They defend the ruling class and the status quo. They're working class people employed to impress their fellow working class. They're class traders. Sure, not every cop is going out to intentionally try to harm, but I'm not critiquing the individual, the person who puts on the badge and goes to work. I'm critiquing the system that employs these people and its intent. If you're a good cop and care more about the fraternity of the police and more than justice then there are then there are not good cops the system makes it so that there are no good cops because the role of policing is the is one of murder and defense of the status quo and the status quo is ingrained with white supremacy can't put that any better bro that is what it is police is just niggas with jobs essentially as he said making them class traders to a degree because they behold a standard onto you that they know they wouldn't really be able to hold themselves if they weren't the police. And they often aren't. How often do you know about stories of police who have had issues happening to them that because they're police, nothing happened to them. That If it was you, it would be like left. But I have said this on here before and I will never say who it is. I literally know somebody personally who has a relative who is a police officer who got caught drunk driving in their police car and retired a cop. They just covered it all up and everything cool. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's all about exactly defending the status quo, upholding white supremacy. And at the end of the day, like he said, if, if, if you are more interested in upholding the police shit than you are actually administering, administering some level of justice, then you are just as bad. You're just as bad as a bad cop if you a good cop who's like not willing to say anything about that. But the crazy thing about that is, is that's why policing is so fundamentally broken because bad cops get pushed out or good cops get pushed out. If you tell, they ostracize you from the group and then it's like, you might as well not even be a cop no more. So 
I don't know. Uh, I've been driving down kind of. No, 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 no. We're going to take a break. Break time, break time. Yeah, that's me. All right, y'all. No lie. This episode was going to be longer than this. Like, not longer, but there was going to be other topics in the middle of this. But that shit was so long and so low-key depressing that, like, (laughs) I didn't want to do any of the stuff in the middle. The stuff in the middle is on some old, fuck these old right-wing bitches who trying to fuck our shit up and make us do shit we don't want to do. It was, it was, it was, it was a bummer vibe as well. And we're not doing that anymore. We're going right over into something a lot better to talk about. We're going to talk about a pillar of American music history. We're going to talk about um, really somebody who is instrumental in uh, some of the most influential groups in uh, Motown history, writing hits like My Girl, you know what I'm saying? Leader of uh, the the miracle, Smokey Robinson. This is what we talking about. Good old Smokey. Light-skinned, green-eyed Smokey, you know what I'm saying? Kenya Barry's probably going to make a, a documentary about my nigga. Um, I'm just playing, because I think Smokey's just black. Um... <laughs> Smokey Robinson is uh, dropping a new album, y'all. First album in nine years. It's called Gasms. Y'all, Smokey Robinson is dropping Gasms. Yeah. And first of all, applaud to Smokey Robinson for the shorthand. He's like, oh, no, I'm not calling it the big O. I'm not calling it orgasm, just gasms. Because that's what I'm out here. I'm out here giving the hoes gasms. You know what I'm saying? If you if you didn't know, now you know, nigga. <laughs> it's Grammy week, which means that not only will I get about three hours and 27 minutes of sleep between now and the award ceremony on Sunday, but it's the perfect time for one of the greatest songwriters in history, uh, Mr. Smokey Robinson, to resurface with a new album. <laughs> it's coming out in April. Um... Bruh, this is so funny. I got to read y'all this article. I was going to skip it because it's super. I'm reading it. As we previously announced here, the root, the Motown legend is set to drop his first new album in nine years very, very soon. April to be exact. And after recently revealing that, yes, in a past life, he was a willing participant in a salacious affair with Diana Ross during his first marriage. The man who lured our parents into child support payments with seductive tunes like Being With You and Ooh Baby Baby has decided to name his latest collection of panty droppers gasms. As in all caps, as in God's gift to green eyes and serious about some gasms. As in how serious? Check out this track list list and tell me if Smokey ain't on demon time. Okay, y'all, listen to the track list. Track one, Gasms. First of all, that's the episode of the uh that's the episode. That's the name of the episode. We definitely calling this motherfucker gasms. Uh two, how you make me feel. Three, I want to know your body, because that's how I'm gonna get you to them gasms. You know what I'm saying? And you make me feel like gasming. That's what I think he's saying. You know what I'm saying? I keep calling you. 
know what I'm saying? Because you you know the way you the way you gave your boy that 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 gasm. <laughs> I gotta keep calling because I need you back. Roll around. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, you know we do. You know, I don't know. We rolling around town and we getting some, you know what I'm saying, some mobile gasms. I don't know. We rolling around in the bed and we getting some domestic gasms. You know what I'm saying? Uh, six is besides. Because I guess he's going to talk about what they doing besides giving each other gasms. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like, besides the gasms, we, you know what I'm saying? Well, anyway. Uh, seven, if we don't have each other, because it's like, you know, if we don't have each other, what we going to be? Over here, nutless, gasmless. Now, eight and nine is where Smokey got me. Track eight of Smokey Robinson's gasms is titled You Fill Me Up. <laughs> Which, first of all, Smokey, pause. I got to pause that for you, Smokey, because see, it seems like you're being filled up. And listen, listen, that's your business, dog. That's your, but I don't think that's what you meant. And that's why you got to pause it. See, if you gay, you ain't got to pause it because it's gay. But if you was like, are you speaking in, in, in for her on behalf of her being filled up? That's what I'm assuming, right? Or maybe you like being pegged. Either, either Smokey Robinson is speaking for the woman or he's letting us know about a peculiar little kink that he has that we didn't know about. But then number nine is, I fit in there because, you know, Smokey letting them know. I know, I know, because Smokey say when he pulled that thing out on them, they like, oh, what you going to do with that, Smokey? He like, oh, don't worry about it, girl. I fit in there. And then he give them the gasm. Y'all, Smokey is, Smokey Robinson is 82 years old. Smokey Viagra Cialis Robinson is 82 years old talking about gasms i i don't have anything else to, first of all the sugar babies is gonna be bumping this hoe that's what that happened he didn't got him one of them young he probably came out to houston got him one of these little sugar babies got my man smoky head pumped up my nigga said you know what don't worry about it i'm a young nigga out here Throwing, I'm an old nigga out here acting young. I'm acting like a young nigga right now. You're not going to tell me nothing otherwise because that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling young. I'm feeling fresh. And I'm giving gasms. <laughs> oh, my goodness, bro. Some shit you just can't make up, bro. Some shit you can't make up. What else we got, y'all? Because we got to have some fun, loving news, bro. We got to have some. Cause there's some shit in here, y'all, that I was gonna talk to y'all about, and I just after we got to talking about, you know, the endless disappointment of goddamn uh, the police uh, system and the criminal justice system in America. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like we deserve, uh, you know, what I'm saying some lighthearted shit. And what I'm doing right now, they call it vamping, where you just kind of trying to keep the conversation going while you pull up your shit, because I should have had this article already pulled up, but I got distracted because, you know, all this other stuff, blah, 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 blah. But let's see. Oh, my goodness, y'all. I just have so many fire stories. 
Um, Damn, yo, I, I forgot about that stinking ass woman. That is crazy. Where is that motherfucking story at? Oh, see, this is why you got to be prepared. Y'all niggas really need to find a nigga who take this more seriously. This is ridiculous. This is out of pocket and boom, found it. Woman, 29, arrested for enrolling at a high school, posing as a freshman. A woman was apprehended in northern New Jersey this week after allegedly using a forged birth certificate to enroll at a local high school, authorities say. The woman identified as H-Y-E-J-E-O-N-G. We're going to call her uh, Hei-Jun. Hei-Jun Shen. That's what we're going to call her. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. But, nigga, that's a hell of a ethnic name from the east side. You feel me? Uh, she faces a single third-degree charge for providing a false government document with the intent to verify age or identity. The New Brunswick Police Department said in a news release issued after her arrest on Tuesday. Shin is accused of presenting a fake birth certificate to the New Brunswick Board of Education in an attempt to attend a public high school class as a juvenile student, according to the police department. As the department noted, New Jersey state statutes coupled with recommendations from the New Jersey Department of Education require schools to immediately enroll unaccompanied children, even in the absence of records normally required for enrollment, whether those children can immediately provide proof of guardianship or not. Proof of guardianship is not necessary to immediately enroll an unaccompanied child or youth, New Brunswick police said in Wednesday's news release. Although a student district, uh, although a school district might request documents such as birth certificate to verify a child's age, a school district may not prevent or discourage a child, including an unaccompanied child, from enrolling or attending in school because he or she lacks a birth certificate or has records that indicate a foreign place of birth, such as a foreign birth certificate. The administration at New Brunswick High School circulated a letter explaining Shen's arrest and the accusations against her, which also contained her picture, adding she only attended classes with other students for four days. She was pretending to be a freshman, which is more surprising because I don't believe she looks like a freshman. One student knew, but well, duh. Uh, some of the girls I know, the girl did ask to hang out at Commercial Avenue, but they never showed up. And she started acting weird with them. The student said, it's scary because you never know what could happen. The mother of a senior in New Brunswick High School told CBS that she was worried about the situation and asked how she was able to successfully enroll in attending the classes without staff and security realizing her age. While police investigation is underway, the school superintendent reportedly said that administrators will review their enrollment process and determine better ways to identify false documents going forward, according to the station. I know what that nigga wanted to say was, y'all, believe it or not, we don't have motherfuckers flooding the doors of the school pretending to be grown, uh, pretending to be kids and they're grown. We just don't. It's not something that actually happens as often as you think it is. So we don't have the protocols in place to be like, bitch, ain't you grown? Secondly, as a black community, we got the saying black don't crack. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. Now I've been living in Houston. I've been living in a very diverse area. I'll say the Asians, they uh, think they might have access to that potion. I thought it was all in the melanin, and it can't be that because they ain't got none. 
they ain't got no melody. Some of them do, you know what I'm saying? Some of the ones from the from the ghetto, you know what I'm saying? I like the hood Asians, you know what I'm saying? You got the Chinese, the Japanese, you know what I'm saying? The Koreans, all them fair-skinned Asians who feel like, oh, we live in these nice industrialized nations and shit like that. They look down on all my niggas, bro, my jungle Asians. You feel what I'm saying? The Filipinos, niggas from Laos and shit like that or whatever. They be like, oh, fuck them. The Laos got lice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm, not me. I fuck with them niggas. They my dogs. Anyway, the point is, Asians, they don't be aging like the whites do. So she thought, she thought, she was like, I'm going to slide up in that thing. And I'm be cool. My question is, what was the bitch doing? Like, that's what I want to, I want to know. When I say, what was she doing? I mean, what was she, what was her goal? Why was, what was she trying to get done? Was she just trying to get a degree? Because, nigga, she really could have just got a fake degree. They got niggas out here serving and selling fake degrees left and right. Out here, you just go on bissonette. You know what I'm saying? The same place where they selling pussy, they selling degrees. You could just go on and get you one. Miss America, you can get a high school diploma online. You got $200. She put more effort into getting a fake birth certificate than it would take her to make a fake diploma. So then I'm like, are you there on some weird shit? Was she on some, what was she ultimately going to do? Was she going to do like on some, uh, what's that movie? Oh my God, Ma. She going to be like uh, Shawty on Ma. She gonna befriend the young teenage students and then start trying to kill them and fuck on them or something like that? I don't know. That shit seems creepy than a motherfucker to me. I'm just curious what she was in there trying to do the students talk. And then if you grown trying to be, it's just to me sometimes I think to myself, a lot of these plans don't be going through because the people who be trying to put them in are dumb. Because if she had said she was a senior, like I'm a senior, failed a year, I'm 19. She went for 14, 15. Maybe she's super short or something, but I don't know. That's not the way to do it. You're going to make up a lie. You got to tell a lie that sounds a little more believable than that. Instead of being a dumbass motherfucker, you're supposed to be out there. You know, you, you could have made it supplying them kids with a little liquor. I'm not saying that that's good. That's bad, obviously, being grown, trying to. But I'm just saying in a world where you're trying for your plan to get through, you got to be the plug. You got to be having a reason why niggas not going to get rid of you. Other kids ratting you out to their parents. Like, I think we got this grown-ass bitch in school. Like, it's like undercover teacher, undercover boss. Like, I think she a substitute. Maybe she heard a snitch on us, and then she asking to kick it with him afterwards. I don't know. Anyway, Fireball Cinnamon Mini Bottles don't actually contain whiskey lawsuit complaint claims. Which... I was wondering how the fuck they were selling Fireball in grocery stores now. I know I can't be the only nigga who noticed that they sell Fireball in grocery stores. If you live in like Missouri or like one of the places where they sell liquor in grocery stores, you're probably thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? But for those of us in the South, where we got all these dumbass liquor laws, depending on where in the South you live, because shit, New Orleans nigga, you, anyway. We can't buy liquor in grocery stores. You have to go to a separate store. Liquor stores and grocery stores aren't the same thing. It's not a liquor store inside the grocery store. It's not a liquor store attached to the grocery store. The liquor store and the grocery store are two different places, right? So when I start seeing Fireball in a grocery store, I was thinking to myself, first of all, are they marketing this to kids? Because I don't know grown people who drink Fireball. Not, not for any reason other than inability to obtain other 
things to drink. There's no reason for somebody grown to be drinking no damn fireball. That's out of this world crazy. Um. Anyway, uh, I also thought all the time, I used to drink fireball. I remember the first time I took a shot of fireball, I was like, oh, that's like because the cinnamon makes it not that bad. But boy, when you got to throw up some fireball, you be feeling like Charmander, boy, nigga. You be on straight Charizard, nigga. Fire out your mouth, nigga. The shit be shooting out your nose, nigga. You be just feeling like, <sighs> like it's the worst in the world, bro. Remind me of the Rumple Miss era, bro. I was, man, y'all don't don't even get me started on some of the trash we was on, bro. Um, anyway. According to a lawsuit, the tiny mini bottles of Fireball cinnamon sold at gas stations and grocery stores, gas stations and grocery stores, don't have any whiskey in them. Instead, they merely contain whiskey flavor. But they're still thirty. It says they're still thirty-three percent alcohol, but whiskey flavor. Per the Washington Post, the suit filed by Anna Marquez on January 7th in the United States District Court or Northern District of Illinois accuses the brand's parent company of profiting off deceptive labeling and false marketing tactics. Fireball whiskey, which is made by the company Sazerac, has multiple products that include malt-based and wine-based alcoholic beverages designed to capture the essence of the original Fireball cinnamon whiskey. But the catch is that the 99-cent mini bottles only contain flavorings, hence why they can be sold at gas stations and grocery stores. That makes sense. So it's not actually whiskey. They just make, It just tastes like whiskey? Ew, what is it? Lawyers for a plaintiff, for the plaintiff providing images of both Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey and Fireball Cinnamon for comparison, they showcase images of the latter bottles at a shop right supermarket in an undisclosed location the suit focuses specifically on the labels of those two beverages and they claim they are virtually indistinguishable from each other and misleads customers into consumers into believing it is or contains distilled spirits that's true listen america is one of the only places where you can sue a motherfucker for anything but that is 100 true if they're trying to say that the way they package that makes people think that that's the real fireball whiskey it does that's what i thought this whole time uh, when viewed together, oh, Marquette says she purchased multiple bottles of Fireball cinnamon under the assumption they contained alcohol, but the closer inspection and fine print on the bottle show the bottles merely contain natural whiskey and other flavors. Marquez noted the company's clever, clever turn of phrase, adding that consumers who strain to read the labels will assume the phrase natural whiskey is separate from the item other flavors. Wow. That is so true. They they played us. When viewed together with the Fireball Distilled dis, distill Spirit brand name, the label misleads consumers into believing it is or contains distilled spirits. Reading the suit, adding federal and identical state regulations allow the brand, of, brand name of Fireball to be used on the malt and wine-based versions. That's crazy. The suit adds that they will uh, think that uh, the suit adds they will think the product is a malt beverage with added natural whiskey and other flavors. What the label means to say is that the product contains natural whiskey flavors and other flavors, but not by but by not including the word flavors after natural whiskey purchasers who look closely will expect that the still spirit of whiskey was added as a separate ingredient. 
the suit claims a mistake was an easy mistake and one intent uh it, the uh, is an easy mistake and one intended by the manufacturer yeah it is basically she's saying that like i thought this had whiskey in it because you wanted me to think it had whiskey in it that was the point that's why you made it look like that that's why those bottles look like that and and bruh I have been wondering, this answered my question. I have been wondering this whole time, how are they selling whiskey in grocery stores here? They not. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. We selling you wine coolers in a whiskey bottle. We just making them taste nastier. That's the that's the real crime here. You taking something that's not nasty as whiskey, because, listen, I'm a whiskey drinker, but let's be honest here. When you drink alcohol, you don't drink it for the taste. All alcohol tastes nasty, period. There's no reason for us to further discuss that. That's just what it is. You gonna make it taste nastier than it got to, so you can call it whiskey, so you can get me to buy it because I'm fiending for whiskey and the liquor store is closed. Because that I guarantee you, not nary a bottle of Fireball has been purchased before 901 in a state that has the liquor store closed at nine o'clock, nigga. That's the only time that shit is going down. The only people who doing that that don't even make no motherfucking sense, bro. All right, y'all. We got one more. I only got one more story for y'all, and we about it here. We ain't even get to talk about no real shit because of this bitch-ass, bitch-ass motherfuckers want to murder niggas for no motherfucking reason. Suburban school worker accused of stealing $1.5 million in chicken wings. First of all, how many motherfucking chicken wings? Could have, first of all, what in the we selling plates? What, first of all... During the 2002 Super Bowl, experts estimated that Americans ate $1.42 million in soup and chicken wings. Keep in mind, with the big game approaching as a foods, keep that in mind. As I'm not going to play the Floyd Mayweather clip. That was my own. I ain't going to mess up again, y'all. <laughs> keep that in mind with the big game approaching as a food service director at a suburban Chicago school district has been arrested and accused of stealing $1.5 million in food, mostly chicken wings. Harvey School District 152 is about 30 minutes south of downtown Chicago. Uh, school administrator Vera Liddell has been charged with theft. Liddell allegedly ordered 1,600 cases of wings between July 2020 and February 22. During the height of the pandemic, with the wings whisked away from the school's food provider in a district cargo van, school officials reportedly grew suspicious when they started to look at expenses. The district was three hundred thousand over budget for food expenditures, even though it was only halfway through the school year. Liddell remains jailed on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond. However, Liddell's name did not pop out pop up on the Cook County Sheriff's website, suggesting she's posted that bond. I mean, she she done sold a million and a half dollars of chicken wings. She got the money. Especially if she was whipping them things up. Don't let me find out she was cooking them things up and making place, nigga. She was basically cooking crack. She taking the coke from y'all, cooking that shit up into that straight raw, serving that shit on the streets, and getting that motherfucking money. I'm not mad at her. Fuck the police. I know she was stealing from the school, not the police. But fuck the establishment, nigga. These jobs was fucking on her forever. They underpay lunch ladies. She rose to the top of the lunch lady ranks. She orders the lunch. She's like, I'm Queen B, Griselda in this motherfucker. You hear what I'm saying? Did she start trapping them chicken wings out the back? And somebody had to hate. You know they did. 
Chicken wing prices have famously fluctuated in recent years. In mid-2001, the Wingstop chain even tried to joke about increased expenses with an ad campaign that pushed chicken thighs. So how many chicken wings went missing? Attempted to answer that question, guessing the quantity between 3.1 million and 5.7 million unaccounted wings. That's enough to feed America for more than four Super Bowls. Or just one if the Bears ever figure out how to return to win the big game. Chicago really likes his wings. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's where the lollipop wing was invented. One of the best pieces of fried chicken in America. Oh, That's interesting. I think the lollipop wing, is that? Oh, I think that's the thing where they like shove the meat all on the top of it and it looks all weird. But it actually looks delicious if that's what they're talking about. Shawty stole a million and a half dollars worth of chicken from her job. First of all, that's the blackest thing that's ever happened on the Fuck This Shit podcast. That is the blackest thing that has ever happened on this podcast. Shawty got fired from her job for stealing $2 million of chicken. That's some nigga shit. If I ever seen some. Was she, I just got to know the plan. Y'all, I will be looking for updates to this story. Because on the Lord, my God, I have got to know what did she do with all that damn chicken? I don't even know. Anyway, y'all, that's it, man. I, I kept y'all here for, for a good amount of time. We done talked about some shit that was some bullshit. We got a moment to talk about some more light shit or whatever. I got all kinds of stuff that we'll talk about next time. Uh, we got our first guest of the season coming up soon. Um, young comedian from my hometown named Xavier. Um, y'all probably know little homie. A lot of y'all probably already know him. Uh, motherfucking Xavier Jones, bruh. Uh, I should have had the little joke queued up. Not, not, the, I hate when motherfuckers be like, your little this, your little that. You know what I'm saying? No, but I should have had the joke queued up because I feel like, uh, it was, uh, the first time I saw him, it was, uh, a joke that I seen. It was like a video of him doing a little performance somewhere, and it was like a joke about Lawton. Um, I'm going to see if I can find it for y'all real quick, honestly, because I want to see if I can play it real quick before before we get out of here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna show y'all right now. I actually am gonna show y'all real quick. Just give y'all a little quick. This is the this is the cat who we got coming. This is his uh this is like two minutes of uh of the 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 first thing that I saw him do. I'm saying like I don't even uh I like rap, but I can't even listen to it the same no more because it's too gangster, you know what I mean? Like, it's always been gangster, like, since I was a little kid, but, like, it was artistic back then, you know? Like, Lil Wayne and all them, like, it was it was fun, it was gangster, but, you know, I ain't really think that was out here killing people. Now? Oh, I believe these niggas. <laughs> no bullshit, bro. They be going straight from the crime scene to the studio, back to the crime scene. I'm like, bro, you ain't gonna change codes, my nigga? Like, Shit crazy. I don't even know if you can call them rappers no more. These niggas like serial killers for auto tune. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you listen to a rap album now, it sound like if you took the Ted Bundy tapes. 
and you put it over a Metro booming beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, like bro, when a nigga say, if Young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you, they mean that shit, bro. You know what I mean? And the worst part is, like, it should be good, too. Like, these songs be really good. You know what I mean? It is fucked up because that creates, like, what I like to call the dead homie effect, right? Because <laughs> you got to think about it, man. These songs is good. So imagine, like, you, sir. Imagine you got a friend that just passed, right? You know what I'm saying? So you grieving, and then you hear a song about it, and it's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it get worse than that. You're going to start hearing it in the club. Now they're doing the dead homie dance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it get worse than that. It's going to make its way to TikTok. <laughs> now you got white girls doing a little dead homie dance. Now it's the dead homie challenge. But it get worse than that. Cause then it's gonna make its way to Ellen. <laughs> now you got middle-aged white women doing dead homie challenge. Now you got dead homie spin classes, dead homie yoga and shit. But it get worse than that. You know, next election year, you know, you got the 70-year-old white politician trying to relate to black people doing the dead homie dance. But it get worse than that. Nah, I don't get no worse than that. <laughs> oh. I think the, the wildest part about it is like these, uh, you know, like all the, the self-snitching and rap, it's like, it's crazy because, you know, on one hand, these people like get on songs and brag about murders and actual crimes that they did. But on the other hand, these are the same niggas that I have 10 different girlfriends. Like, bro, you know how to keep a secret. I know you do. <laughs> no cap, y'all. That was actually not what I was looking for. But that shit was funny as fuck, too. I actually haven't even got to see that shit or whatever. But that's the little homie, uh, David, but he's going to be on the, uh, the podcast next week. Um, that'll be the first guest of season four. I'm mad hype for that interview. I think that's going to be real dope. Uh, just kind of chopping it up with somebody from the town who done done something that I think a lot of motherfuckers where we from would like to do. You know what I'm saying? I think that I have thought about doing it. It's a lot of funny niggas from the L who have no idea how, what the first step would even be to doing something genuine in stand up or whatever. So I think that's going to be real dope. It's something I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, man. Make sure that y'all tapped in everything, man. You can always click the link in the description. Make sure that you tapped in with all the social media platforms. You're doing a much better job of actually being active on Instagram. So make sure you follow the IG. Like I told you before, fan base subscriptions is where you'll be able to find videos uh, of the podcast a day early. Spotify subscribers, you'll get your episodes a day early. Um, everybody else, man, you'll get it when it comes out, man. I'll see y'all next week. I love y'all as always. Peace. Yeah. Double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire. My mic check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself. It's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board. My nigga trying to see. Billion. Mm. My gift to gab on it. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth. Billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they bury him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Billion. Yeah, man, you not tuning in. Fuck this shit, podcast. Ha! <laughs>